This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Hey, how you doing, brother? I am not too bad. I'm a little tired today. It's been a very busy day. But other than that, I'm happy to be recording. Well, that's good. I'm happy that you're happy. I am happy now. My day has not been bad, but it has not been wonderful. It has We had some, no, we had some problems today. <laughs> what kind of problems did uh, you have today? Well, I will preface that. This is a first world problem, meaning that it doesn't really matter. But we went to the grocery store today to do a little extra shopping for, you know, the season. And I told the missus, Dad, let's not take your car. Your car scares me. Let's take the truck. Your car needs work done. I said those words. We went shopping. Shopping trip was great. We're coming out of the store and I could just barely see under the pickup truck. And I was like, that looks really, really, really frustrating. Heather was like, what? And I was like, well, I'm not sure, but I'll bet money there's a flat tire on the back of our truck. Mm. As a best case scenario, the truck is fine and I'm seeing a flat tire in someone else's car. Worst case scenario, we got to call the tow guy. When we get to the truck, sure enough, got a flat tire. And not just like a little flat. I mean, flat to where the tire was falling off the bead. Like it was bad. Really? Yes. Makes you wonder how you got there. Oh, ironically enough, you. someone else asked me that question too. And I'll tell you the same thing I told him. I don't know. I didn't actually check the tires before we left, which I should have because I do have a bad habit of getting flat tires with those pickup trucks but i just hopped in it drove fine on the way there it didn't pull or anything so i never even occurred to me to look yeah you might you might have picked something up in the parking lot that's that's tough man i'm sorry that's a rough way to go it was a terribly frustrating way to go and then to add insult to injury like i said first world problem we were really hungry so when we waited for uh the guy to come with the jack and everything we walked into back into the store and we got food out of their deli so i'm sitting there and it's picked pickup truck cocked out of this like 45 degree angle because one tire is on the rim on the ground and i'm eating like i don't know at this point probably two hour old chicken wings that are ice cold <laughs> and like like potato wedges that were probably past their prime at like nine o'clock in the morning but this is it's like 11 30 now it was not it was not a good end to a decent shopping trip and i don't even like to shop but it wasn't terrible until that moment oh well I am definitely sorry. I also went shopping today and was lucky to come out to have four inflated tires. Oh, you fortunate man, you. <laughs> well, I'm green with envy. Here we are. We are here to record yet again. And this week we want to talk about electronics, electronic waste, the future of electronics. I think I confused you a little bit when I first sent you this. You absolutely did. So usually when I get the topics, whether it be an hour in advance or a few days in advance, they kind of make sense and they just kind of click. This one, the future electronics, I just kind of was not like stunned. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, but I didn't really know where we were going with this because I assume the future of everything is this, about the same. You know, it has a certain period of time where it's usable and then at some point it's thrown away or it's disassembled and re recycled or repurposed, but electronics they, they pump them out so fast and everything is everything new today is 
you know, outdated tomorrow. Yeah, Moore's so Law. I, yeah, I had literally no idea where you were going with this. Well, and for those who don't know Moore's Law, Moore's Law means that computing strength uh, or capabilities doubles every 18 months, which means that a lot of our electronics within two or three years are seen as ancient and uh, at many times not even functional for today's world. As, as our conversation about laptops just before this, I've had times where my my wife was like, hey, this laptop, it's like brand new. It's only like eight years old. And eight years old in laptop years is a grandpa. Oh, for sure. And I was just talking to my kids about cell phones. They were complaining about their phones. And then I, I brought up a phone. Like my first smartphone was called the HTC. I think it was called the Evo. And I loved that phone. And I bragged about it for a solid 20 minutes. And I was like, I wish I could have that phone again. But then I thought about it. And if I could even get that phone to function <laughs> on, with today's you know, stuff, it wouldn't even run like Facebook. Like it wouldn't even have the computing power to run a third of the apps that my phone does. My current phone has 64 gigs of RAM. The phone that I use has four times, well, no, I'm sorry, not four times, eight times what this computer I'm on does. Mm-hmm. Like, I spent a lot of money on this phone, and it's not even a high-end phone. So it's, to put it in perspective, you don't realize, like, yeah, you everyone has those, those memories of yesteryear, the technology they loved, especially our generation that grew up playing video games and stuff. But that ancient phone would be useless today. Well, and part of our discussion is, is looking at the history of electronics, where in the past, you know, NASA had a computer the size of a room, and now you have a computer in your pocket. The, we yeah. are using less material, but up until recently, almost none of it has ever been recycled. Almost all of, of computer boards, since we've been using computer boards, are either landfilled in the United States or shipped overseas to developing nations to uh, deal with in their country. Well, okay, so um, one of those is really bad. One of those, it sounds worse than it really is. If there's a developing country that just doesn't have the financial capabilities of buying state-of-the-art technology, I don't see anything wrong with selling them or you know giving them old technology if it's better than what they have. Well, if it worked, uh, mo- yeah. almost everything that gets shipped overseas is considered scrap, where oh. where they attempt to quite literally use a fire to separate as many materials as possible, releasing tremendous amount of negative, harmful admissions. Just, it's it's a bad scenario. Bad enough that China no longer accepts it from us. Well, it, it is bad. It- there's a number of different ways you can extract those precious metals that don't involve a fire. Um, The other reason being that in this country, because we do either produce so much of these kinds of goods or pay to have so many of these kinds of goods produced either way, it would have been a lot more beneficial for us, you know, a decade and a half ago to be recycling all of our old stuff and to cut down the initial cost of a lot of these products. Cause there's a lot of precious metals in those boards. Well, and that's where they're focused at. Remember, I think it was early two thousands when you started to see and cell phone carriers are the ones who really went with it about buying back old phones where they'll give you two bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks towards your next phone. If you just bring back that old phone and trade it in. Yeah. Well, in our episode with Rob, you mentioned your telecommunications experience. I remember when 
I was on your plan specifically, Sprint would credit your account. If you traded in an old phone towards your next upgrade or at any time you could do it and they would just put, you know, two bucks, five bucks, whatever it came to on your, uh, your account. But they never gave you any literature as to what they were going to do with it. There was no reading to explain what they did with the phones. They were just doing a buyback program. Well, and it's funny because they, they positioned it as, hey, we're just trying to help. We're just, you know, these, there's millions and millions of these boards sitting in trash heaps and landfills all over the world. We're just trying to help. Well, it was so they could recover precious metals. As, as more and more metals become scarce, it's harder and harder to keep the price down, mass produce, and, and get these out to consumers at reasonable prices. They needed some of those materials back. So there's just as many boards in landfills. There's just as many pieces of cell phones in landfills all over the United States and all over the world. It didn't. It wasn't less. They didn't reuse the boards or the, or the keypads or they the screens. They just pulled the metal out of them. They pulled the metals, the golds, the silvers, the platinums. All those pieces are coming out. Well, I mean, it's really, it's not that hard to do. Um, you can do it two ways. That, well, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's more than two, but the two ways I've done it personally is muriatic acid works which is the dangerous way of the two. And the other way is to build a, almost like a kiln. I mean, essentially build a, a, a clay pot furnace, however you want to word it, and you can get it hot enough to where like you reach the melty point of gold and it will come out. It just takes a long, it takes a lot of work. And you've got to be careful. There's a lot of danger in it, but you can pull the metals out without burning them to a crisp. But it's hard work and I've probably only done it twice, maybe three times. Well, because we've spent 50 years burying it, in small quantities all over the planet, it's becoming a problem. I mean, there's yeah. going to be a time, you know, where they start contracting landfills as mining locations and start searching again for these trace amounts and tiny, you know, tiny amounts of these materials to help continue to build because electronics is still growing. We're still using more and more. And as more countries develop, they're going to need massive amounts of materials. For an example, when when India became a market, well, became an emerging market, uh -huh. things just went through the roof. The consumption of scarce metals jumped dramatically. And we're going to see it again with Africa. Oh, I don't doubt it. Because these aren't just, well, India and Africa are two, I mean, they're kind of extreme situations in the sense where the populations are ridiculously large. And so it's going to be almost no market for it to a really big market very quick. And that that's a problem. And I mean, it's great that countries are getting uh, more and more advanced in their technology and their economies and everything is improving. But it's a supply and demand kind of thing. And if the supply isn't there, it just drives the cost of everything else up. Well, and it's, which... a double, it's a double-edged sword. You have, you have a production process that is highly and in, highly energy intensive. Yes. You're talking about, we have to mine uh, the crust of the planet. We have to search for these materials. It requires heat to melt down and purify the manufacturing process for electronics is very energy intensive just for an electronic to be considered viable and usable for maybe three to five years. Now you take that and you, it's not just Europe and the United States. It's not just Europe, United States and China. It's becoming the whole world. The total amount of electronics we're going to need is going to shoot through the roof. Oh, absolutely. Cause not, there was a long time where, 
a handful of the countries in the world defined the world's economy where some countries were just booming and amazing and there was a lot of places that weren't. But as time goes on, those smaller countries, those places that were considered at one point maybe even third world are getting better. They're improving. They're getting assistance from other countries. They're being taught different things. They're getting better education and they're, you know, a lot of them, a lot of it is good infrastructure where a lot of those countries never had clean water and clean, you know, um, like bathroom facilities at, at their disposal. There's still places in the world where people bathe in the river. Well, and, and don't get me wrong. This is a problem with electronics, but this is a good thing for humanity. That mm-hmm. means some of these places where people didn't have the best way of life are getting better. They're being pulled up into this in a better form of living. And that is good. But there is some downside to that when it comes to consumption. I completely agree. Well, I think that if we're being honest, with every good and bad topic, there's two sides to every coin with this stuff. So I agree. Um, The consumption aspect of it's one thing. But it is a good thing that the countries are improving. I never even, con- I never considered this, Mike. I never even thought about this kind of stuff until, well, I don't know, 15 minutes ago. <laughs> well, there's a, I mean, the other reason why we have to think about this stuff is because for sustainability purposes, how do we continue this for the next 20, 30, 50, 100 years? I don't think you can. And what we have right now when it comes to electronics is a linear model. And it's a very short and very small linear model of production which is make it consume it dispose of it and that just isn't going to work in the long run well no it doesn't work in the long run um because there's there's only so much to dispose of there's only so much to make with there's only so much to dispose of and make with you are completely right but there's also only so much to recycle like you already said the stuff most of it's in landfills not to say that there's not a lot of stuff lying around that you can recycle true but if we're talking 20 years, 30 years of motherboards and wiring and power supplies just buried, that's that's hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of pounds of these metals that and plastics and rubbers that are just sitting in the ground. And they're not even, they're not, they're not biodegrading. If anything, any steel might be, you know, corroding into rust, but the silvers and the, and the coppers and the gold is just chilling there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and now it's no longer even in centralized locations like when they mine stuff. They know it's they have a certain amount roughly in this area. Now it's spread all over the planet, and it's going to make it very very challenging to meet these future needs. And that's that's why that linear model is is so kind. Of, it's so scary to me because there are ideas out there. But very few companies subscribe to them at this point, which is like the circular economy, where everything that you put into a product comes around full circle, and you you pull everything you need from that old product to make your new products. But it's that is few and far between. And honestly, I don't know many that subscribe to it now. I would consider it still a theory in some sense. Well, I think it's a good. I think it's a good concept. I think that. What it does is limits you on the amount of new products you're able to produce. I mean, not to say you can't produce new stuff, but I would assume with that kind of model, it doesn't allow a lot of wiggle room for investing in the R&D of new things. I mean, obviously, when I say new, I don't mean the new version of the same phone. I mean like a brand new product. Because I know you had mentioned earlier that Apple being a company that has a machine that takes apart all their phones. Mm -hmm. I think it's a wonderful idea. And I think that 
that is something that probably could be applied in other places, not just phones, tablets, computers. I mean, all this stuff comes together with a few screws. It's not like it's hard to take apart. But yeah, it takes it apart in just, it's like eight seconds. It absolutely just takes a, an Apple phone and separates it into its individual components in less than 10 seconds. Well, and that's something that I think they should apply. I, I honestly think like you have a 3D printer, they should make that machine commercially available to smaller companies. It would save so many companies so much money if they had a machine that could just pull their old products apart. Because if you had to think about it, if you had to pay someone, just pay like a general laborer, minimum wage, just sit there in your yard all day long and pick up broken phones and laptops and unscrew them and separate the boards and then take capacitors off and take chips off. And like literally it would take him hours to do one piece. It would take him hours to do one computer. You also have to worry about if the guy who's doing these separation of parts are putting them in the right bins so that your right size screws are in the right places. I mean, there's a lot of things going on when it comes to, attempting to recycle these things what i do like about with apple is that they are separating these parts and using what they can including the screws they're inside the machine you know they're inside it doesn't matter if they have a minor flaw well no i agree with that and and to be honest it's metal and so if it's metal that means at some point like you already said it had to be mined it had to be refined processed turned into smelted forged whatever term you want to use it takes a raw product to a screw or to a nut or to you know a bracket or to a capacitor, whatever process it takes, that still had to happen. So why not, if it's reusable, reuse it. Well, and I think what we're going to see when we start looking at the future of electronics is a lot like how your desktop computer used to be able to be upgraded on a regular basis. Uh where where you could remove certain pieces. And if you were reasonably competent, you could do it yourself, but you could always take it in and be upgraded also. Yeah. Where where you can just buy the new board. You can just buy the new piece that makes it better. You can buy a new screen and they just keep the same housing, pull off the pieces, put the screen on, put all the pieces back in. Uh, Where, because in some countries, companies are held to a standard where they have to deal with the waste they create. So for an example, if Sony was producing something in Europe, they have to take it all back. They have to take all that back anyways and deal with the waste because they're the ones that made it. And you're going to see more and more companies have to do that in more and more countries. So to combat that, they're just going to have to standardize a lot of the equipment and a lot of the sizes. I don't think that's a terrible idea. And I think that, so here's what I think. I think that the actual shell of it, not the exterior, but the interior should have a standard bracket size where, on the inside, they can upgrade it and change it and everything. But if someone, let's say someone has a outside shell they really like, that should be able to be popped onto anything. And I'm not sure if people are that particular about the way their televisions look on the outside, like the aesthetic aspect of it, as people are about their computers. What about their phones? People, A lot of people like the looks of their phones. Yeah, I am one of those i don't like a really giant phone a lot of the times the phones i have are quite large i prefer a smaller compact phone not like a flip phone like i want a smartphone i want to be able to do what i need to do and i do all all my social media on those kinds of things so but like the phone i have right now is like two-thirds the size of a tablet it's bigger than my hand it's like eight inches by four inches i mean it's huge you can almost commit murder with it 
Um, but people do like, they do draw towards specific kinds. And if that frame could stay the same and the guts could be changed on a regular basis, because think about this, what I use and what you use are different and what our parents use and what we use are different. Just because I say I'm done with this and turn it in and it, they upgrade it doesn't mean that the guts from mine isn't an upgrade to someone else. No, that's completely true. And then look at, so back to Apple, generally speaking, when they release a new version of the iPhone, the only real difference will be one feature. So like there's iPhones four and five are intent, inherently the same phone the difference is the series series on the 4s and the 5 but the phones look identical like hardware wise they actually look the, the exact same case all the features are the same i believe the 5 was a little faster processing wise and then i'm not overly familiar with all of the generations of iphones but i know they usually go in twos and threes where two or three will look identical or there'll be one and it may be like an iphone 7 but it'll have two or three different um, models with it that you can choose from the, like the same general hardware and, I, and regardless of how this started maybe maybe they produced too many units of one model and then so for the next model they just upgraded the inside and continue using the outside they already had built to cut their cost however it happened it did happen like that and now it seems to be kind of a, a going thing so there's a lot of models of iphones that look identical and they're oh this is a six this is a 6s this is a seven this is this this is that okay well they all look the exact same and i'm not complaining I kind of think that more things should be like that. You know, the phone, okay, so the phone I have is called the LG Stylo 6. It's essentially identical to my 4. Mm -hmm. I mean, it looks almost the exact same. It's got one extra camera lens on the back um, for panoramic and 3D shots, which honestly, the camera on this thing is hot garbage, so it doesn't matter. But it's identical. It's the same pieces. Well, I think what's going to happen is that in the future, we're going to see that this is how an Apple looks. This is how a Samsung looks. This is how an LG looks, where they have one defining look. And then they're upgradable or replaceable, but they're still going to be the same casing. They're still going to be all these pieces that are, that are reusable because the, the first company that pulls it off, let's be honest, the first company that pulls this off is going to have a much lower cost than the other companies. Because in the circular economy, you really want each piece to go from the production phase to the use phase. And when it gets to the recycle phase or, you know, quote unquote disposal phase, it all comes back to the company so that they mm -hmm. can reuse it all. So I really feel like that's where it's going to go, where all this is what an Apple phone looks like. This is what a, you know, a Galaxy looks like. Well, I think that would be a fantastic concept. And really, at the company that is able to pull that off, cuts their costs so in theory as long as their technology was good it should cut the prices to it if a company could have a phone that's as powerful as the newest iphone but for half or maybe 60 percent of the price i think they would probably change the game i mean you're looking at a thousand dollars for an iphone if you can get that same hardware i mean that same performance for 600 bucks that's a no-brainer Right. And, and it won't stop with just phones. I'm hoping televisions, any kind of electronics, laptops, computers, tablets will all function under that same model where you just take it into the store. They take it apart. They put the new guts and pieces back into it. They clean it up and they send it back to you as they would if you bought a refurbished one. That's actually, yeah, because like, so what you go to the store, you could buy a brand new 70 inch TV for a thousand dollars, or we could upgrade your 50 inch with the new 4K, blah, 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 for $400. Mm -hmm. If you're happy with the size you have, 
and just upgrade it. I would. Yeah, sure. I think if as soon as it was available, about a third of people would immediately do the upgrade options. Over time, I think the only time they switch from one to the other is if one's defining look is a little different or some company has decided they can do a little more on the upgrading than others. I I agree. And I as you know, a, we share a couple friends that are in the IT field. I mean, they're tech guys. Mm-hmm. And it, both of them have two personality characteristics that are kind of counterintuitive to each other. And I think it's hilarious. They both always want the newest, latest, greatest technology, whatever makes life easier. They want it. Mm-hmm. They also get horribly attached to old things and hate change. So that would be, and I'm not saying all tech guys are like that, but I know quite a few that are. And I think they would, of all people in that field, I think they would take to that. I think that if you could give them the same feel that they're comfortable with and they really enjoy, but with t- like tomorrow's performance, I think that's a no-brainer. And you know how you and I have talked many times about people don't like change. I think that's a good way to meet them in the middle. I think that a big demographic of society would be all for that. I think so too. So I, I hope as we move forward in society that this, the circular economy, the, the reusability of electronics becomes more mainstream. So if you're listening to this, stay on the lookout for things like that. Recycle more of the electronics because it is going to help in the long term. Not only can we reduce emissions, not only can we reduce shipping pieces from all across the world, chasing scarce metals. We, again, what is an upgrade to me may not be an upgrade to you, but all these pieces can be reused until, until they are until obsolescence where we remove every material from it and, and reuse every single piece to make the next version. I hope you've enjoyed this show. Appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Put it on social media. We appreciate you listening. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Oh, thanks for having me. And we'll see you next week. If you have the desire to be sustainable but are unsure of what can go in the recycling bin or you're constantly forgetting the reusable grocery bags, check out Starting Sustainability, the podcast. Don't be frustrated or confused anymore. Starting Sustainability was created to help those beginning their sustainable journey. Each week, we give ideas on simple concepts you can easily incorporate into your current lifestyle. We also share stories of what works and what doesn't, so you don't have to waste your time and money. Check out Starting Sustainability, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.